The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the book of Sarak, it states, The Spirit of the Lord, or rather, the Spirit of those who fear the Lord will live. For their hope is in Him who saves them. He who fears the Lord will not be timid, nor play the coward, for He is His hope. Blessed is the soul of the man who fears the Lord. To whom does he look? And who is his support? And of course, our lady says, if you pray and fast, do not be afraid of the future or of evil. So our lady says, do not fear. And that's the problem. We're, we're in fear of the economy. We're in fear of the world. We're in fear of what everything's happening with it, which we're not supposed to be. We're in fear of the future. Instead of fearing the Lord, nobody's scared of God. Most people have not the fear that they had of yesteryear. We haven't seen them act on our, on our sins 
in reaction to our sins and the consequences that's due us, the debt we have paid for atonement and suffering to cleanse and purify the world. But it will bring fear of the Lord. But this verse ends, to whom does he look, the man who fears the Lord, to whom does he look? And who is his support? Even our poor people don't turn necessarily first to whether in sickness or serious disease, to God. Yeah, you may pray, but what your primary actions is go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Use your money, use the resources. It may be government money. It may be your own money. If you got cancer and you have a lot of money, are you going to find the, the second-rate doctors? Are you going to be comfortable with taking somebody that's not been in a professional way as far as success in his operations? Or are you going to find the best? Look to who you support or who we support, God or mammon. And so something's got to correct the world. We have to be adjusted to see that we have to walk with fear of the Lord. Material things, money, all these things aren't bad. It's just that we have depended upon them and put them in the first place in our life. Not God. I've said it on this show before. My sister works in a uh, children's hospital. And I see a unit. And they've often heard people say, well, there's nothing left to do now but to pray. That should be the first thing you're doing. In fact, if you fear the Lord, you'd be praying continually for all things that when they happen and the manager correct, you're at peace. Lord, you're going to take my daughter. You're going to take my son. You're going to take my spouse. I've been in your hands. I seek your will. What comes, comes. You know this will crush me. You know this will hurt me. But I accept your will for me, Father. That's how we're supposed to be alive and living. But we don't. And we're looking to a future of insecurity because our dependence is in this system. And we're concerned what happens if it goes down. If it goes down, a lot of people haven't stopped and meditated and play out the scenarios. This step happens, this step happens, gets this, this C, D, E, F. Where does it end? What are those consequences? What will we be experiencing? This is real. My son Casey was telling me of last night, somebody told him about a commercial. And so he looked it up, and on the commercial, it shows the police coming into houses in the neighborhoods and drawing all the people out. Like you see tactical squads today going into shooting or whatever. They're going into, into families and just taking them out. They show them getting into rounded up in the, in the neighborhood. Then they show them putting them on a military truck, <clears throat> one of these eight-wheelers. Got the big high dumps on the back where they carry military people. And then at the end of it, it takes a picture, a snapshot. It stops a picture of that scene. It takes a picture of that scene. And then it goes to black and white. And you realize everybody that's placed on there in this modern time today for us is actually transposed, not over, but everybody and the actors that they used in this commercial are sitting in the same position, same places, the same people as in World War II. When it takes a snapshot, suddenly it goes to black and white from color, and you realize... That's World War II. Yet, the arrest are happening today. And then it comes up and it says, the Holocaust happened to people just like us. 
pretty incredible. There's a second commercial showing that the police or the military stopping trains, pulling people off them and arresting them the same way on the camp or to hold in place. And today's time, you see all this, and then suddenly again the snapshot comes across. You see exactly the people that are on that scene in that picture fade right into, not fade, it's, it's exactly standing the same way as the World War II picture. And people are going to be gassed. And it says again, the Holocaust happened to people just like us. The astounding things where you had to go look this up at is on MTV. What in the world are they playing it for? That's to the left. Liberal. What are every, What is everybody starting to think? What are they seeing in the future? What are they seeing the potential that can happen? I was just told a couple of weeks ago, Obama just took complete control of EPA. Why? Because March 16th, they fired the first shot. It shows that 2012. He took the power then. He's acting on it now. Where are we headed? I don't have to tell you. Just reason it out, look and think. I'm in a restaurant where actually the whole community went to. It was on retreat, so we just went and got some hamburgers. I'm sitting there. We, we, we filled the whole little hamburger joint. And this guy comes up to me and he says, are you a prepper? I said, what? Because I thought he says, are you a pepper? He said, are you a prepper? He says, I got this book. They fired the first shot. Somebody already told me, um, you know, come talk to you. I think he just picked me out at random. They just told him that he just came. He was coming on my side from the restroom and just stopped and talked to me. He didn't know who I was. I said, "No, we don't do that," because he knew, learned a little bit about us. And he, and uh, I said, "No, we we're not preppers. We're not preparing for the future that way." He said, "Well, I got a place in Utah. A friend of mine has, and I'm gonna uh, I, I'm getting my money now. I'm gonna make a little cottage up there. So I'm going. That's where I'm going. I bet people are gonna come to your place." I said, "No, they're not." We're not preparing for the future that way. We're not storing food that way. That's not our interest because that's what God's not showing us. I didn't tell him that. I will because he's going to come to visit. As it turned out, this guy says he's a pastor. He's got a church in a a major uh, city next to Birmingham. He was into everything and really seeing everything the right way. But this fear... Of I've got to prepare this way for these things. You cannot prepare for what God visits upon you. They didn't do it in the Philippines. They didn't do it in Hurricane Sandy. They didn't do it during uh, Hurricane Katrina. When God comes, however he comes, and let me tell you, Katrina, Sandy, the Philippines, is nothing, absolutely nothing compared to an economic collapse. Never in history since the beginning of the world, have we had a situation so integrated, so intertwined that everybody is connected in some way that if it falls, everybody will be touched in some way. And the further you get from the crashing building, the less likely you are to be killed by the bricks or the debris. And the further you get away from that, the less you are to be getting in your lungs and this filth and the smoke that comes from it just like 9-11. So you need to be thinking, how do I get away from this? How do I get as far as possible? We have all the circumstances available to us now. And our lady says, be ready. Our lady says, don't. But she's not saying be a prepper. 
We're not to store food for three years and think everything's going to come back. This system is not coming back for a long, long time. Oh, it's going to come back because it's going to be for the Antichrist. And yes, this is now the Antichrist, but I is here to interrupt it. She can't be here for any other reason for 32 years except to stop him. And that this people and show a trial run how it is to be destroyed and how they can do it in the future and be sustained underneath the ultimate tribulation. And so it is. What will it look like in economic collapse? What will we see? Some of the things that will happen. Not even the economic collapse, but the throes of it right up to it. Jones Reading will tell you a little bit about that. This comes from the book Aftershock by David Widmer. He writes, Normally, when an economic downturn is relatively short or relatively mild, rising unemployment doesn't go too high or last too long. In this case, job losses will be staggering after the dollar and government debt bubbles pop, and there will be a mad scramble for those jobs that haven't been destroyed. This means, for most people, it will be increasingly difficult to find a job, any job, regardless of your qualifications and experience. And for those lucky enough to be employed, keeping a job will mean putting up with less desirable working conditions, benefits, hours, and pay. In fact, as competition for jobs greatly increases, most wages will surely fall. It's not about your professional worth, but simply an issue of supply and demand. Lots of willing workers big supply, and not too many jobs, lower demand, equals a lower price paid for your services. After all the bubbles pop, people will accept wage cuts in most jobs for one simple reason. If they don't, somebody else will. This is a perfect example of what do you have a couple of acres and you're growing your garden, you're canning, you got a hog on there, you got a cow on there. This is worth money in an economic downturn or a total collapse because it takes food to buy money. And if you don't need money because you won't have it in economic collapse, but you got the food, where's the value? So what we said before, Maria's mother, who had a whole herd of sheep and goats, cried when they had to give them away because she couldn't walk up the mountains anymore because that was wealth for her. Not money. That provided the meal. That provided their wool. And they made their hands, their sweaters by hand. I saw them. It's incredible how fast I could make these things. They didn't have any machines doing it. They got the cheese from it. They got the meat from it. Their feast days, they roasted a lamb. All these things, if you don't need money for it, is what you have money for. And why are we doing it? So I would go into a surrogate system that we know is collapsing, not getting away from that, to go ahead and had that from that transmission without the without money. And you know what happens? You don't even pay taxes on that because it's in your yard. So you save taxes, sales taxes. It's not income. That's why kings of the past taxed the animals and taxed, taxed different things that they had and the crops because there was no money being exchanged. But still, it's just, and that would probably happen in the future if that... If we go back to agreeing, well, we're going to go back. It's not if we go back. It's when we go back. And how many people would die before they can even get the system started? Because you got to have water. 
you got to have water close source to what you need water for, for your sheep, your goats, whatever. Am I saying get rid of everything? No. Keep your, keep your job. But you better be parallel on that job with getting yourself set up. It's like this pastor said, I'm going to Utah. I'm getting things set up. And he was a little bit anxious, a little bit too much in the wrong direction. And so <clears throat> it's not a matter of us just getting ready for something. It's a matter of us changing the direction of our life and live that way. Because it's nice to go and pick your tomatoes. It's nice to have everything by your own hands. You like that. You'll enjoy that. It's good for the kids. It teaches work ethics. Gets them out of the bed in the morning to go feed the animals. It's a benefit all the way around, health-wise. And security. Can come come along and take it and steal it? Yeah. But that's that's the safest position. You lose it from there, you would have lost everything way before that. So the supply and demand, don't think you're going to hold your jobs. Don't think I need to go to college and I got to get in the computers. This is not the future. People have a hard time seeing truth. They don't understand these things. They don't see how things really work. They don't see it because they're not in prayer. If you pray, you contemplate, God will give you truth. You'll see it. Even you hearing these words, if you've been in prayer, they resonate with you. They make you a little bit anxious, maybe. Hey, this is right. I do need to be doing this. The Holocaust was for people just just like it happened to happen happened just to people like us. Where in the world did BMTV come up with this at? Except truth is beginning to resonate. Hey, we're seeing things that we don't like. We're being disturbed when the government buys 2,500 personnel carriers for police forces. And they give all the police forces in the United States a lot, a lot of money. And here's sound of the dotted line. And they sell us so to the federal government. Hey, we want you to go out and do this. We're not going to do that against our own citizens. Yes, you are. Yes, sir. Where's our marching orders? Those who don't get fired, those who want to keep their money, keep their job, get marked with the beast. Not literally, figuratively, in the heart, for right now at least. This is reality. Just start thinking. We're getting calls this morning about the Pope, that he made some kind of comment about Medjugorje. And people are worried about it, what he said. And this comes back to truth again, exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know what he said. I was told that he said something during Mass or a homily to the effect that a lady's this daily apparitions referring in some kind of reference, like he don't know about that, but and our lady's not a postmaster. He didn't mention Medjugorje, but obviously that's what he was referring to. However he phrased it, whatever he said, I disagree with him. I don't agree with it. Now, I don't know exactly what he said, but if it's in that reference, and that's what he said, and we're trying to find out what he said, People, we, we lack truth. We lack understanding. I don't have to agree with the Pope and not still be within the bounds of obedience. I know obedience more than anybody out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I had to write in school my whole eight years. I guarantee you, in my school, I had to write this for being punished, for being disobedient so many times. And at that time, I'd write 500 times. It got up to where it was doing that. You know, from 150 times to 100, my punishment was usually 500 times. I must obey. I must obey. I must obey. It got to where I could put two pencils together with rubber bands, got the three pencils. And sometimes I could do four if I put two picks around on each side to keep it straight and then line them up with, with two picks spacing the pencils that I could write four lines at one time down the, down the thing. It taught me about production, taught me about efficiency, how to do it. I did all that work. 
and I couldn't finish the school. Then I had to do the homework with my homework. All that work. Can you imagine doing something that you had to do all that work, and then you go take it to the nun, and she looks at it, she makes sure the counts right, and throws it right in the garbage. I want to say, what are you doing? Look at that. What you, give me a, at least grade it for me. But it was punishment. But what I didn't know at that time, how good that was for me, because there's a clear clarity in my heart about obedience, that I have to be obedient in all matters of the church, in jurisdiction, who's over me, what situation, in the laws. And obedience is a big thing for me. I've been in these four bishops. None of them can cite me for disobedience, and they won't because I won't be disobedient. I'm never going to do that. Where they have jurisdiction. And that's where the truth comes out. A bishop can't tell you everything. I always respect the bishops, but I don't have to obey a wish. The magisterium and a wish is two different things. An opinion expressing where ladies in the post doesn't condemn Medjugorje. And if, 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 I'm saying, Pope Francis said that, I totally disagree with him. And I love this Pope. I think it's simple. I think he's great. You say, oh, 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 you're doing dangerous. You shouldn't even be pronouncing that. That's anathema. You're stupid. You're an idiot. We have so many Catholics that don't know and won't even do Medjugorje when I'm saying, be a missionary in my messages. Thank you for not betraying me when you hear this. And everybody runs away because the Pope says she's a postmaster. Or whatever he said again, I'm calling if he said it that way. And they run away or they can't do it. I had a lady that had been doing a conference with Yvonne up in Kansas for years, very successful, Medjugorje conference. And one day she came to me, she said, the bishop said I can't do it anymore. I said, he can't stop you. What were you doing, in a church? She said, no, he has jurisdiction in a church. He said, no, okay. No, I'm doing it to, I'm doing a civic center. He can't stop you. What are you going to stop for? He don't have the power to stop you. He can't violate the laws of the church. The laws of the church gives us permission for that. I must obey. Well, you have to. I will. You say, oh, well, this is just your opinion. Really? Did you not know Pope Benedict says, you don't have to agree with me? You don't have to agree with me on war. What's a just war? You can debate that. You can be against me on that and go straight to communion, he said. You don't have to agree with me on the lecture chair. It galls me the people out there saying the church is teaching against the lecture chair. We can't do capital punishment. These people are leftist communists. They want that because they are risking throwing over, overthrowing this nation and they want to have everything padded and brainwashed Catholics to think you can't be for the death penalty. In fact, the death penalty is a high value of life because you're saying when you execute somebody for taking another life or doing some kind of atrocious atrocity that I, we value so much that you're going to pay with the highest price you can pay with. That's your life. That's high-valued life. To say you nothing can make you go to the death chair is low-value low life. Reason that out. The biggest price any man anywhere can pay is his life. Christ saw that or showed that on the cross. So those who for the death penalty really have a more value of life than those opposed to it. But see who they are. You know the people against the death penalty in the church or anywhere, most of them, are for abortion? Explain that to me. There's a lot behind this. This is an agenda. 
So I'm not getting on some wild tangents. What I want to bring you back to is I don't have to agree with anybody in the church that says the church teaches against the death penalty. No, it teaches against an injustice or being, it not being just. With DNA and things we can do, we can prove absolutely somebody was at that crime scene. It's not like it was 200 years ago and the church was for it then. And the church will always be for it because it can't go against that. Because God, God, God respects authority, teaches us to respect authority. And so Pope Benedict said clearly, if you don't agree with me on the death penalty or going to war, that's okay. You've got the right to disagree. You don't have the right to re- disagree with me on abortion, Pope Benedict said. And you don't have the right to disagree with me on euthanasia. And really the rearrangement of marriage. See, those are things we have to be obedient to. The other things with the Pope expresses, we don't have to. So don't be upset because the Pope says this, but this is applied to the economy. This is applied to everything. Look for truth. Think about things. And everywhere in your life, you excel in obedience. You shine in it. If that's what's expressed, do it. But it's your wish no matter who you are, and you don't have jurisdiction, and I do, nobody can come in my house and tell me that I can't tell my kids to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night. If a neighbor says he wants his kids to go to bed at 8, and then those kids get an argument, who's right? Both parents are right by the virtue of being the parent. And not the Pope can come in there. Jesus Christ is not going to the house and say, no, you should be making your kids go. He don't have the authority. Because Jesus does not grant himself that authority to usurp authority because his authority is the parent. That's where it's invested in and that's where it is spoken through. That is Christ. Because our authority is from God. So all these matters that spring up and come up, you really need to say, where's the jurisdiction? See it with clarity, how you understand truth, what you can do and what you can't do. So wherever there's jurisdiction over you and it's, and it's legitimate, you have to do that unless it's against natural law. And we have a lot of that going on in our new laws. Otherwise, you go it. Frank? Today's the 50th anniversary of a heroic man that gave his life for freedom, um, our only Catholic president. And his true legacy, not some of the negative that's written about him in the media, shows me that he was a courageous man that feared God. Because 50 years after the creation of the Federal Reserve, John F. Kennedy um, knew that he would have to destroy it, because there's no possibility of freedom without the Constitution. The Constitution clearly says that only gold and silver will be money in the United States. So on June 4th, 1963, uh, President Kennedy wrote the Executive Order 11110, which um, made about $4.2 billion worth of uh, currency that would have been backed by the silver in the U.S. Treasury, silver backed money, um, constitutional money, and um, of course five months later on this date, 50 years ago, he was uh, killed in Dallas for this and, and his other um, crimes against the powers that be. Now you're saying don't mess with the Federal Reserve then? Well, I'm saying fear God and, and have courage to do what you're called to do. Um, but they're saying, they're saying not to mess with them, and I say our ladies here and um, 
and they should read what Scripture says about those that oppress the poor. Um, yeah, I was but, just I was just making the point <laughs> that you're making stronger about the uh, Federal Reserve. It's strange that he sits there and says we're going to back up money with silver, and next thing you know, he's shot and killed. Well, that's right, and then it, then his legacy is tarnished by because you know he also spoke against um, censoring of news, and he says, "In as much as in my power, I won't tolerate this." But it wasn't in his power. Our Lady says, "Peace won't come through the presidents; it will come through her message and her little children living in community." We can do nothing individually with the powers that um, want to gain control of the world. Our Lady tells us. But altogether, united with my son, and this is the, the only place that Our Lady's children should be, united together with her son, the Word of God, one heart, one mind, in community. And th- this is the answer. The answer won't come through the presidents. Um, the answer is going to come through Our Lady's messages. And, uh, and Scripture tells us this in Revelations, Our Lady and her offspring, those that follow the commandments, you know, how many years did it take us to follow the commandments without, look what happened while you're sleeping? Ten years or more and following Medjugorje and find out I'm not even living the commandments. And uh, and this is how important that the writings are, why I keep going back to them. Um, where would we be without they fired the first shot in 2012? We can see what you're talking about locally, how law enforcement are being rewarded to dismantle the Constitution locally. Um, and to do things against the Constitution unwittingly in, uh, in most matters. And then when you try to communicate the truth, how hard it is, yeah, we understand it, but, you know, everybody's watching us. And, and, you know, and so there is tremendous power, and there's, there's fear against this power. You know, Frank, I, I don't want to interrupt you because it's your time talk, but you make a point on that. I think we need to highlight the fact that the, the – Police forces are being taught to un- unravel the Constitution, and the reaction of those good policemen who are on the forces, I won't do that, so I quit. That's that's the mistake. The mistake is is what some some have done in the Catholic Church, ordered hospitals closed. No, use that money, use the power that being open to fight for it. They fired the first shot. How shows you how to keep the hospital open? Police, or law enforcement, or military, you need to stay there. Let them fire you. Don't just quit. Go down with honor and say, I will enforce this. And fire me over. We just had a sheriff down in Florida. Uh, sheriff, um, what's his Finch. name? Finch. Finch. He, he was fired for opposing the Constitution. And what happened from there? He was reinstated. And we need people standing up to do this. But go ahead. I, I wanted to make that point while you said it. But, well, it's a very good point. But the laws that were set up here uh, defend them. They don't defend themselves, but truth—it's it, defendable. So people have to say that my oath is more important than than this this law that's unconstitutional. I took an oath to protect the Constitution. I'm its guard, you know, as far as local law enforcement go, and I'm going to guard it. And uh, and that's from the highest law enforcement in the county all the way down. And 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 it is the job of the highest law enforcement in the county to make sure that all those under him are being good guards of the Constitution of the United States of America. This is our document for freedom. There's no possibility for freedom without it. Uh, I just got through, actually just got to put on screen a quote from the Pope, uh, what was talked about earlier, which I agree with everything Frank's saying about this whole thing about the Constitution, but the Constitution is based in truth. It's based in biblical 
principles. And so one of the purifications we suffer is ex- economics because the principles God will take care of you. He'll clothe you. Your grains will be, your grain bins will be overflowing if you follow my, my statutes. Uh, what we've got quoted on the Pope, it says, Curiosity, the Pope continued. This is the Pope saying, supposedly, what we've got a report here. Impels us to want to feel that the Lord is here, or rather there, or rather there, or leads us to say. But I know, the Pope says, a visionary who receives letters from Our Lady, messages from Our Lady. And the Pope commented, But look, Our Lady is the mother of everyone, and she loves all of us. She's not a postmaster sending messages every day. I agree with some of that. I vehemently disagree. Well, she's not a postmaster. Not that she is, but what it insinuates. He, he's obviously saying something with um, being sardonic in the sense that, you know, do you, can we expect to believe this? Because that's what troubles the theologians. But we just also got reading about why the psych- psychotherapist last week or the week before last had trouble um, with the apparitions because they came every day. Well, he was there every every moment, and she was on time. And he came back to Father Slavko and said, in essence, that's I actually now believe it because the fact that the world is lacking a mother there, lacking a mother to be able to speak, lacking for a mother to be there on time with her children. And so Father Slavko was amazed at the psychotherapist analogy and, and, uh, and what ended up convicting him and convincing him that these apparitions are real. And I bring all this up, not to stir up controversy, because controversy is stirred up by the people who say this is controversial. It's not controversial. The church allows us to take this position, and I disagree with that statement completely and don't accept it. And so don't get worked up about this. It's no big deal. Uh, I think John Paul even referenced this before. That, you know, Everything's not speaking infallibly. When it is, which has really only happened two times in church history, and both of them were about the Virgin Mary, the Assumption, and the Immaculate Conception. Only two times in history has the church, or rather has the Pope, spoke with uh, ex-Catholic infallibility. What does all this got to do with? Is examples of showing you truth, how truth works, what is it, how do you find truth? Always be obedient. Never, never be disobedient. But know what you got to be obedient to. You can't be obedient to 15 different things in 15 different directions, or even two different directions. You can't serve man, man, or God. you got to serve God. He is truth. And also, too, in the spirit of truth, uh, just to look at, uh, if you were to interpret, so to speak, what um, Pope Francis said in the vein of it being anti-Majigori, of course, people could always interpret it in that way. But you also wrote a number of years ago, uh, which I think now is it now a booklet form, and I believe it's a free download on Medjugorje.com, but uh, a booklet entitled Satan Wants to Destroy Medjugorje. And, of course, the purpose with, that you mentioned in here is that uh, that the devil would rise up but many apparitions and many different things to dilute the message of Medjugorje. So it's, it's easy to have a, a little bit of a sarcastic attitude, so to speak, when it comes to apparitions, because everywhere you turn around, there's an, there's an apparition and, and here. And in that context, I'm 100% agree with the Holy Father, because we have a lot of people running around saying, I'm getting messages from a lady. We've written about that. It's a balance. We see that. So, so those of you who take this anti-Medjugorje... I, I, then I disagree with you completely about applying this to that and him if that's what he's intending. Mm-hmm. If it's about the many, many voices out there, the false apparitions, the false visionaries, I'm totally with it. And, and Satan wants to show Medjugorje is very clear about that. And do download that to educate yourself. The things 
spiritually we need to be doing is enlighten ourselves to truth. And also, too, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be in Mississippi tomorrow night. Uh, that is a There's going to be a public talk in South Mississippi. There's information on Medjugorje.com about that. But tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m., uh, Friday, November the 22nd, and on Saturday, which is an all-day uh, convention, all-day conference, uh, which is only the Saturday event, is only for those who have read They Fired the First Shot 2012. And again, there's information on Medjugorje.com with location, uh, contact information, and times. Frank, contact information? Yeah, I sure wish I could be there in Mississippi, and I'd encourage anyone in the area to, to not miss it. Um, you can reach us at uh, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And Sheriff Mack uh, is supposed to be there Saturday, too, so we'll have an all-day event. And that's four people that have read They Fired the First Shot. We start off of a level that had you not read it, you won't even comprehend what we're talking about, or you'll be lost, or you'll say, what is this? And so, therefore, Friday's open, Saturday's open, only to those who have read it. Syrac, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Our hope is in Him that he may save us. That's what we have to look to. In the meantime, we wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.